recording. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. We could call this one Patreon Strikes Back. <gasps> Return of the Patreon? No. No, because it's like the Empire. Oh, Revenge of the Patreon. Revenge of the Patreon? Yeah. Okay. Um, and obviously, since we were talking about that, you should know that... Uh, that if so, if you are a user of Patreon, you probably already know about this. Or if you follow anybody that uses Patreon on social media, you've probably heard them talking about it. Um, and something that I think people have probably wanted us to address is that there have been Patreon fee changes. So it used to be that we absorbed the fees, which is fine. Yeah, but which now... is fine. I think okay. So I'm gonna just do a quick outline of like what the fee changes are. And Patreon's reasoning for doing like AJ, come here. Now, now is not the time for that. Well, all right, you guys are gonna hear AJ. Um, and what their reasoning was for doing it, and then we can talk about maybe our thoughts on. He's just gonna do what he does. AJ, come here. AJ, come here. Come on. He's like, no, I'm bored. I don't want to do that hey, anymore. No, come AJ, come on. Come here. AJ, come here. Get it. Get. <laughs> okay. So, the way the way that Patreon has worked up until this point is that somebody pledges money to a creator, and then the creator pay, and then. Okay, so if somebody pledges to multiple creators, mm -hmm. those pledges are bundled mm -hmm. and charged on the first of the month, mm -hmm. right? So they pay a single transact. There's a single transaction fee. So let's say they're donating $1 to five creators. That means they're doing a total of $5. That means they're doing a total of $5. And then that f the transaction fee, which... No, you have to hold on to this. Okay. Um... <laughs> AJ and keeps trying to play with his toy. The transaction fee, which, by the way, transaction fees aren't, like, limited to Patreon. Every place that runs, like, transactions like that, like PayPal, Twitch, they all charge some sort of fee. But normally that fee was paid out of the creator's earnings. So, like, if someone pledges $5, they pay $5, and then the... Uh, the fee is taken out of what the creator earns. So creators were taking home anywhere from like, you know, something like 88% or whatever of what people would actually pledge. So like if you see our Patreon with like $520, we would be taking home like 450 or mm -hmm. whatever it was because mm -hmm. we're paying fees, mm -hmm. right? Now, Patreon changed that so that... Can you not... I'm trying to... But he's so cute. No, he's not. He's annoying. Okay, you hold it. <gasps> oh, you're so <laughs> mean to him. So, creator... Now, what, they, what Patreon has done is they've made it so that creators take home a flat percentage of 95% of the amount of money that is pledged to them. So... That and the, the one of the reasons that they said they wanted to do this one was so that creators always know how much money they're going to make, but also the, another reason they did it is because they want to be able to charge people up front. Yeah. So right now the way Patreon works is like 
if I uh, we're having dog technical we're having dog, dog difficult. technical difficulties. Oh my oh, god. <laughs> He's just let him have it. Just let him have the toy. You know everyone's on AJ's side. Oops. Okay. All right. Okay. So they did this so that creators will get a consistent percentage, but they also did it because the way things work right now, if I subscribe to someone's Patreon on like the 29th of November, mm -hmm. I will have to pay on the 29th of November, but I would also have to pay on December 1st. So people were getting upset because they're like, wait, I just got charged twice in two days or, you know, in five days, whatever. Mm -hmm. But Patreon's like, right, but we don't want to have people sign up at, you know, sometime in November and then not pay until December. And then they might, and then they don't have to pay creators for the services that they give during the month of November. Mm -hmm. So like that part makes sense. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. So they wanted to implement it so that instead of everybody paying on the first, everybody pays on like their quote unquote sign up anniversary. Mm -hmm. So if I sign up to your Patreon on November 14th, mm -hmm. I pay on the 14th of every month mm -hmm. rather than all charges are bundled mm -hmm. and everybody pays on the first. Mm -hmm. So, but unfortunately when they unbundle them like that and they have everybody pay as a subscription service on their anniversary that means they, that they cannot bundle the transaction fees mm -hmm. like they used to so rather than having all of the creators pay all of the fees for every single transaction because it would be a lot they decided to pass the transaction fees onto the person who's pledging instead and the amount that the fee is I think it's 35 cents plus like 2% or two something? Plus 2.9%. And that is pretty consistent with most standard tra transaction fees. Mm -hmm. Like if you are if you do a transaction fee for like American Express, it's actually more than that. Mm -hmm. um, not, for, not for Patreon, but I'm saying like as a regular credit card transaction. Mm -hmm. Like transactions have some sort of transaction fee associated with them. That's why, like, a lot of businesses, they'll be like, oh, if you're going to charge, it's a $10 minimum because they don't want to pay a transaction fee that eats up most of the money that somebody's spending their money on. Like, mm -hmm. so... So if someone's donating a dollar, now they're donating a dollar and 35 cents. No. Oh, they're, nope. Well, they're donating a dollar. They're paying a dollar and... 39 cents right. but the 39 cents goes to patreon mm -hmm. now a lot of creators to cover the fees to so cover it's really the going, fee. yeah. so now and and that 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 39 cents does not all go to patreon most of that covers just like the credit card transaction fee mm -hmm. it doesn't just directly go to patreon some of that fee goes to patreon but not all of it mm -hmm. anyways so a lot of creators are upset because this makes one dollar and like you know smaller amount pledges uh as a percentage wise it makes them more, much more expensive like so i support if i support 10 people for a dollar each every month that increases my monthly contribution from like my monthly payment from ten dollars to like essentially fourteen dollars mm -hmm. and that's which, a lot for some people which like it's 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 tough because some people might look at that and say like 
oh, well, it's $4. Other people look at it and say, yeah, but $4 is an increase of 40%. And that's also, like, a, a meal for some people. Yeah. So this – and it, uh, it also would make it so that, like, say if I was supporting one person for $10, my – my payment would be less yeah. than than ten, covering 10 people for $1. So it basically penalizes people that pledge more small contributions. Mm -hmm. it, it incentivizes people to make fewer, bigger contributions because the fee would be less because there are less transactions going mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. So a lot of creators were really pissed off because they're like, hey, like I was happy to pay these fees so that people who are smaller donors can sign up to my Patreon mm -hmm. and support me. Because the majority of stuff is from smaller people collectively. Yeah, like many Patreons that you see are patronized by lots of people pledging small amounts rather than a few people pledging big amounts. Mm -hmm. So, everyone's pissed off. Um... And one thing that I think gets a little bit ignored is that, like, in terms of, like, in ter like a lot of people look at it and they're like, oh, well, like, you know, like, of, of a one, of, like, a quote-unquote $1 pledge, which is now, like, $1.39, like, the creator, like, 30% of that goes to Patreon, and it's like, well, right, but if you look at, like, Twitch, a Twitch subscription is actually 50-50, yeah, which is way Twitch worse! <laughs> For Twitch, it's $2 to, for every, for those $5 subscriptions, they get $2.50. Yeah. So, it's so, relatively pretty great. So, yeah. So, relatively, it's actually still pretty great. Um, and, but, but the complaint is not really, like, the complaint should not be how much does a creator take home of the fee. The complaint should be who pays the fee. Should it be the person who's pledging or should it be the like taken out of the creator's money um and most people so far like agree that the creator is happy to pay it because i know i for one i would rather have people be like yeah like i can sign up and support you for a dollar rather than be like oh like i can't support you anymore or like have other people be like oh well Patreon i'd rather eat that month of them getting the quote-unquote free patreon stuff and have it all gone into one lump you know well no see but our situation is different because we don't give physical rewards mm, so you're right. the problem is like some people get some patreons give like f physical rewards to their backers so if you don't have people pay up front they could get like they could sign up for a month of free stuff and then quit and mm -hmm. never pay you anything mm -hmm. and that was part of the problem it, yeah that was part of the problem that was one of the reasons that patreon wanted to move to like charge people up front for the services that creators provide right and make it so that it's like a subscription service right um and so obviously like it's kind of a shitty system um i don't think like if they do charge up, like, I understand why they want to charge people up front because, like, if people do, like, physical rewards or, like, rewards where they are, like, spending some sort of money mm -hmm. um, to give people things, like, our rewards, like, you know, we don't have locked rewards. Like, we have patron-only posts, but that's it. Um, but you obviously, like, for some other pa Patreons that work in a different way, 
you don't want people to be able to like sign up, get free stuff, and then quit, and then they could literally just do it again the next month, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and never pay. So, I understand the thinking behind it, but I don't know that this is the right solution. Um, I don't know what <clears throat> what a better solution would be, honestly, uh, aside from going back to the way things are and having the creator eat the fees. You know? Yeah, it's a shitty situation. So. Is that, is that, did you say everything you needed to say? I think so. Do you guys, do you want to move on to the next topic, which was, hashtag the game awards? Yeah, yeah. Hashtag. Oh, one thing, hold on, one last, one other, what are you doing? One other thing, really quick though, is that I would suggest, like, if you are curious about, like, how Patreon explains how these things work, they did put out a blog post about it, and they have an FAQ, so I know that I probably didn't answer everybody's questions here, so I would highly suggest going and reading those and not just basing your entire opinion off of what we've said. Mm-hmm. You know, as usual, like, do your own research and figure out what you think about things. Mm-hmm. So, hashtag Game Awards. I watched the whole fucking thing. It was so boring. There was like five awards given out, and it was three hours long. I'm sorry, I do not give a fuck about these like random French, like, bands that are doing eight bit music that like doesn't even sound that good. And it was so, like, it wasn't even cringy enough for me to be amused. Yeah, yeah. Because they got rid of a lot of the cringy stuff. I'm like, no, bring the back, bring back the shit Quattro man. I was just gonna say. Because man. because at least at the very least <coughs> that is entertaining, but the whole time it was like, and now we're gonna do like an homage. And now to we're this. gonna take things really seriously because we are serious video games. <laughs> it was so boring, three hours, and then they had the same Warframe commercial. I was like, can you at least show different commercials? Because it was like, and we'll be back after this break for advertisers but we were watching advertisements for advertisements because everything they were showing was like here's the world reveal for bayonetta 3 and you're like wow that's exciting but But it's it's also an ad it's an ad so we were watching like (laughs) here's an ad break for our ads and then every like hour there was an actual award but they never like put on screen what it was for and put on screen who won so like if you were like almost fighting a coma you were like wait who won what happened? Who's talking? And also, I would like to talk about that woman woman's outfit. She was like wearing a I don't know what she was wearing, but she was the um, voice actress and mocap actress for uh, Hell uh, Hellblade. Yeah. And uh, she was like, "Oh, thank you," and blah blah blah. But I couldn't pay attention to what she was saying because her outfit was redonkulous. It looked like a mocap outfit, but it wasn't. And her shoes didn't match. He's making. Did you, did you see what he was just doing? He was plopping his mouth right in front of the mic. He's up next to the microphone going like... He's contributing. AJ's contrib- AJ's my dog, and he's contributing to the podcast in the best way he can. Oh, are you talking about this outfit? Yeah, this crazy, crazy outfit. AJ, get your head off of the mic, please. <laughs> are you seeing it? It has like it had like little nodules on it. Like, is she wearing a mocap suit? Yeah. What is she wearing? It didn't make any sense, and I couldn't pay attention to anything she was saying because I couldn't understand her outfit. Mm-hmm. 
But I'm glad that she got the award for whatever she won because I couldn't... The I didn't know what she was winning. <laughs> <clears throat> but she was definitely... AJ, you're being such a problem right now. <laughs> well, first of all, there were more um, than three awards. There was given. five. There's five awards? Like five, I'm estimating. There were not a lot. There's way more than five. No, those are the... One, oh. two, three, four, five, six, seven, I don't know eight, what to tell you, Stacey. It was three hours 13, of agony. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, I didn't see Best Mobile Game or anything like that being announced during the thing. I don't, you know... A I, lot of this wasn't, like, there was, there was best art direction, but there wasn't, like, any of this other shit. I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes I don't believe you because I know that you don't pay attention. All right, fine. I may have been making out with somebody. Mm -hmm. But take... <laughs> but only because I was so bored. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> It was so boring. And, like, every time it was just... Except for this one guy where they were like, and here's, we're going to announce this person. And this guy was like, just yelling about the industry. And now I'm all distracted. I forgot what I was doing. No, just snooze it so that it doesn't do it right now. Um, and he just started saying like, fuck the Emmys, fuck the Academy Awards, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And like talking in French or whatever. But then they showed this cool, sh cool, like, Battle Royale 50 versus 50 game, and I was like, that was cool. I don't know. I just, like, bring the cringe back, and also make it shorter. It should be two hours at most. They're never going to do that. That's the whole thing with award shows. That's why everybody complains about, like, the Oscars and stuff, because the Oscars are literally, like, four hours long. I don't... And most of it is just, like, da 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 It's, like, bullshit that, like, they always try to get through, like, the awards, and everyone's like... Yeah, well, at least they had some cool announcement. Reggie came on stage, you Reggie. know, wearing, like, a Switch pin because last time he wore a Metroid pin and everyone was like, are they going to announce a Metroid game? What does it mean? What does the pin mean? He's like, fine, I'm just wearing a Nintendo pin. How about that? Yeah, so that you guys don't, you nerds don't read into it again. <laughs> yeah. And then he announced, like, Bayonetta 1 and 2, and then he goes, but one more thing. And then I was like, what is this? People bitching and moaning about it being switch, whatever. Who cares? Um, oh yeah, Kojima came on stage and oh my god, his like bromance with his like artsy friends now, like his artsy. They come on stage like holding hands and stuff. <laughs> it's so cute. No, they like come on and they're and like Norman Reedus is like Kojima's opened my eyes to like a whole new artistic world and like all this stuff. <laughs> And, like, whatever it is that they're making, I don't know what it is, because I'm pretty sure all those Death Stranding trailers probably have nothing to do with what the game is. And it's all just, like, his creative shit to hype up the game of whatever it is he's making. Mm -hmm. But, like, whatever it is, he has really inspired these other artists. Mm -hmm. He's really, like, made them believe in whatever it is his vision is. They really are into it Oops. a lot. Yeah. And I, I think what, 
And that's what makes me believe in whatever project he's doing. The Death Stranding, whatever that is, the people who are doing it with him seem to think that, like, it's 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 great. They're happy to be doing it. Mm -hmm. They want to be doing it. They're not, like, whatever. And they seem to be able to jive with each other in a way that they're, like, best friends or something. Yeah. So it's great. I think uh, I can't wait for whatever the fuck that's going to be, you know? Yeah. I think it looks really cool. Uh, the whole, all the stuff with the baby, that's probably just Kojima's representation of, like, what the game is. Because Inner child. Through all, all three of the trailers, you know, the baby's in there, it dies, comes back to life, and whatever. I think that last shot where it goes down Norman Reedus' throat and they show the baby inside of him, which is, I assume he's now pregnant with the baby. The baby's sucking on its thumb, it looks up, pops it out, and gives it a thumbs up. Basically, just to say, I'm all right. This game is going to be great. No, like, this game is alive. Like, I survived. Like, I mm -hmm. almost was aborted, but I didn't. I'm okay. Like, I'm going to be empregged out of Norman Reedus just fine. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for the trailer where Norman Reedus gives birth to it. <laughs> That's what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they had the five people in the sky, the Moby Dick whale, and all that shit. Like, that's all... I don't think that has anything to do with whatever the Stranding is going to be. But I just think it's really beautiful when these artists are coming together and jiving so well. Mm -hmm. You know? Him and Del Toro, him and Norman Reedus, him and that Hannibal guy. They're all just Mads like, Mikkelsen? Yeah, they're all just loving it. They're so happy together. Mads Mikkelsen is great. <laughs> they're so happy together. They're so happy together. So, yeah. It's so like, happy together. Oh yeah, and Zelda uh, announced a DLC where you can have a motorcycle. Yeah. And it came out that night, and I was like, oh great. <laughs> Stress. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? So basically Zelda, Bayonetta, and um, Kojima dominated the show. Xbox didn't really have anything to say. Oh, one of the uh, main guys at Sony was retiring, so they gave him a Lifetime Achievement Award. That's cool. Uh, what else? In the Valley of the Gods. Oh, yeah, that's by uh, Campo, Campo Santo. Santo. Oh, there was one trailer where it was like, by the people, by made by the people, like the vanishing of Ethan Carter, or something like that. And I was like, yeah, that looks cool, whatever that is. And then it went, also, by the people of Killzone. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and it was like, it was like a beautiful landscape. Like, oh, it's going to be a walking sim. I was like, yeah. And then it was like, fucking boom, 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 And I had no idea what was going on. And I don't remember what it was called, but I just remember being like, two worlds, two worlds coming together, storyline and gameplay. It's going to be it. It's going to be it. There's also going to be a World War Z co-op game. Yeah, that looks stupid. I didn't like it. Three. Soul, Soul Calibur three. Six, whatever. The the battle royale looks cool. Uh, the stranding. Yep. So. So it was if they had just condensed that into just the reveals, I would have had a great time. But I understand why. The Game Awards are important. I'm pretty sure in 50 years it's going to be something cool. 
you know. In 50 years. You know what I mean? It's a long ramp up. I think, you know, the industry does deserve to have some sort of recognition for their achievements and blah, blah, blah. You know, and even though I think it's boring and annoying, I think the people who are there and getting the award, it probably means a lot. Yeah. Oh, there was a woman there who got a Lifetime Achievement Award. She was the very first female game developer. Oh. And she was like, yeah, and like one of my games sold a million units. She was like old. She was there with her husband. They were just like, mm, we're old. Like her husband had his pants like way up. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And she like goes on stage and she's just like, okay, well, I remember when I first did. I didn't even know how to, what a game was. Oh. And I just made it. You fucking scrubs. What'd you sell? <laughs> <laughs> she was kind of cool. Just her and her husband were like, yeah, cool, Game Awards, what's this about? Mm. Mm-hmm. They looked like a mid Midwestern grandparents. Yeah. Like, mm, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> it was kind of adorable. <laughs> yeah, were they making, like, casseroles and racist casseroles? <laughs> racist casseroles. Isn't that what grandparents do out here in the Midwest? <laughs> Midwest gra- grandparents make ra- racist casseroles. Yeah. I don't know how you do it, but they somehow manage. It it tastes racist. Yep. Or you ever like when you when you hear something you've never heard before, but you just know it's racist. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. just know it is. You're like, I don't know who that's insulting, and I don't know what that means, but it sounds. Like, I don't know where that came from, but the way you're saying it, I know that it's a racist. <laughs> and then you learn about the context to it, and you're like, I was fucking right. I knew it. Yep. Yeah, you, you thought you could trick me using new racist lingo. I knew. I can feel it in the way you say it. <laughs> um, <coughs> Stacy's been so sick sorry. for 87 years. For, uh, since before Thanksgiving. She's been, I was there 5,000 years ago. 5,000 years. When Stacy was well. So, I think, I can't remember if we talked about this before, but the original Life is Strange actresses are returning for the farewell episode. Which the is bonus one? For the bonus episode. Well, yeah, it's called Farewell. What are fa- they saying farewell it's, to? It's, That's what stresses me it's out. It's called farewell. I know, but what are they saying farewell to? It stresses me out. What's, why are they saying goodbye? Shouldn't well, it be saying the, hello? This is the last episode with Chloe and Max. I know, but it's like. This is also, also, this is them young. Oh, okay. So maybe it's like this is before. Bye. I'm leaving for Seattle. This episode. Is, I think this is before their friendship falls apart. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna cry. Great. Yeah. Is there anything? Is there happiness anymore? <laughs> um. I think Life is Strange season two officiated should just have just as much tragedy, but somehow, somehow the love survives. Um. There was an open letter written by a gambling addict teen after he spent $10,000 on microtransactions. Oh my goodness. Um, but he, so he wrote, like, I guess like he wrote a letter about this a while ago, like when it was first a problem, but then he like kind of like went, revisited it now and like reopened the conversation because of the things that are going on with like how, because basically because of how the industry has been progressing towards like loot boxes and other types of like microtransactions Mm -hmm. um and one of the ways that he said that he got like so roped into it was because like he was playing as a teenager he was playing these games that were with like 
people who like against people who could afford to like pay to win Mm -hmm. essentially Mm -hmm. and so like it's like you keep spending more money on the game because you need the modifications in order to like even compete and have fun Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so and and he talks about a bunch of other stuff too but it was just you know i feel like you know it's easy for me to say like I, like, I care about microtransactions, like, on behalf of other people that play games. Like, microtransactions, like, I've never really had a problem because, like, I don't really like gambling. But I also don't play games that have, usually have microtransactions. Or when I do, like, uh, I don't usually get sucked into them. Because mm. it's just not my thing. But, like, I don't know. I it's would... a predatory way of doing it. And Certainly. I feel like, you know, it's one thing for it to be, like, a free-to-play mobile game, and that's how they support the game. It's another thing for it to be, like, you paid $60 for this game, and now we're going to try to make more money off of you. But that's that same danger of the, quote-unquote, <coughs> whales that these people go after in the free-to-play industry. I'm not saying one is No, I'm, I know. Okay. I'm, ta- I'm talking... I know that you're talking yeah. about yourself, but... There's still that danger, and I think it really needs to be addressed, and it's been a a growing problem, and I think that the FCC is starting to look into it. Hawaii has banned loot boxes, so I think the normies, as we would call them. (laughs) Well, didn't didn't Belgium also declare them gambling legally? Probably, probably. Um, So I think the general, like law structures are starting to catch on to like this thing and i'm glad for it i'm just kind of like yeah belgium Belgium is calling for a ban on loot boxes i think that's a good thing honestly because i know that everyone well it's not my fault that the industry has created a triple a situation where they can't fund their own games Okay, like figure out and do a new different structure. Well, because... and it's it's one thing to have the loot boxes be based around like in-game currency. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to have them be based around like real money. Yeah. You know, like it's you know, obviously then you would still have a system that favors like certain people over others because some people don't have time to That's like that's like one of the tricky things because like when they have s- these systems that are built around like in-game playtime, like, I, as somebody who works full-time, would never be able to have as much in-game currency as somebody who, who's someone who's a student who, like, doesn't work a full-time job. You know what, you know what one type of microtransaction that I think works is with World of Warcraft in that you can sell a game token that you buy for 20 bucks and that game token is worth one wor- one month of World of Warcraft. So the people who have money in real life and don't have time to farm gold, yeah, sell it. And then the people who have, <clears throat> like, you know, they're a student or something and have t- enough time to farm gold, they are paying playing the game for free. And the person who can afford it and has, like, a job or whatever is like, oh, I'm getting the gold. Yep. And then that person who's getting that those tokens and buying it with gold, they have expanded it so that you can use those tokens in other Blizzard games. Yeah. And you can buy things in that. So there's a whole system where the economy of the game is being supported and kept healthy by the way they have implemented that particular type of microtransaction. And I think that's a quote-unquote healthy way to to implement 
um, a microtransaction, and 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 having two types of players players work in symbiosis. But there's other types of transactions where it's just purely like ruining the whole ecosystem and stuff. Yeah, I'm not gonna pretend like I know what a good solution is because I think that any any system that you have where like you're using real game currency on like on a basis to buy like if it's things a single game, player game, go fuck yourself, you know. With Shadows of Mordor, where they like have some levels where it's almost impossible to get by without having buying some goddamn is fucking it Shadow orcs. of War, Shadow of Mordor. Oh, okay. And um. <clears throat> And, um, there's, like, some levels where, like, there's, you have to have, like, this many orcs in order to, like, be able to do it. And so, it's either you're trying to grind at it, or you're paying just to get past this one level, and that's not fun. They're, they're design. sometimes they're designing it, they're like, well, shouldn't it be okay for people to want to pay to unlock something to be easier? And I was like, well, why the fuck are you designing it to be so hard that you want to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, you're designing it to want to pay more. To, to incentivize people to pay. Yeah, and you know, $60, I know they're like, the t- the t- prices of games haven't, hasn't risen in like so many years, we gotta make money other ways. I'm like, okay, $60 A is a lot. B, why don't you like budget your fucking games? Yeah. Budget the fucking game. There, There's plenty of indie games that have made millions of dollars because what? It's a fun game. Yeah. Stardew Valley, Undertale, and I'm I'm saying you know those are made on the RPG Maker engine, but and I you know I'm not a genius who understands the intricacies of the market, but I really think that the AAA industry has put itself in this weird cycle that it's barely keeping its ass alive and it's trying everything it can to keep the same type of development. What really needs to happen is like. You need to start a better way to do it. Yeah, you need to start budgeting from the beginning instead of hoping that you're going to have these blockbusters based off of nothing. Well, and also because it's like when you create a game, like the way the the attitude, their attitude right now seems to be not like let's make a really fun game and like here's our like reasonable goal for how much it would sell. It's like let's try to make every game sell like a bajillion copies, like. It's not going to happen. Well, it drives me crazy when, like, some games that are, like, legitimately, like, really good and sell well. Aren't selling well enough. Well, and they're viewed as, like, a failure. Because, Because, yeah, sell, like, a bajillion copies. Tomb Raider was, like, a failure because it only sold, like, a few million copies. I was like, all right, I get it. Graphics are important. Blah, blah, blah. But there's got to be something that you can scale back on, okay? Because there's, you got to figure it out. You can't just sit there and be like, oh, poor me. Because I know that, I understand, CEOs, they have to have, like, project bigger and bigger and bigger numbers for the stockholders and all this shit. But you're just fucking yourself over right now. Well, that's one of the problems with, like, the way, like, businesses are set up in general is that, like, when it's a public company, uh, shareholders don't just want to see, like, oh, we're holding sales, like, steady, and every game is doing well, they want to see it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and that sets you up for failure. Yeah, and that is why things like uh, publishers like EA, they take their IP properties and they buy IPs that are successful, and they turn it into something that's, like, 
How can we take... I'm a monster! How can we take Dragon Age? How can we take Mass Effect? How can we take Dead Space and make that appeal to the most amount of people and have that be a real blockbuster because these IPs have the word of mouth of this is a good game and then they're going to be like, oh, well now... You know, we have that word of mouth, so we're going to appeal to the main game by adding multiplayer, adding co-op, adding whatever it is that's trendy right now in this moment until it's like it's not a game anymore. It's nothing has it has nothing to do with what it once was anymore. It's like anymore. some sort of like Cronenberg game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a distortion of what it used to be. And then it eventually kills the studio as it's been doing for the last 10 or 15 years. And... I understand that, you know, this is a profitable thing for EA and everyone's always, like, has a ton of anxiety whenever they buy a new studio. But even for EA, I really don't think this is going to keep going because I really feel that a lot of these big publishers are starting to make the faith of the customers, of, like, the general customers, of people who kind of just tune in like they have a console they tune in buy a game tune out and like eventually when they play enough of these games that are just garbage they're gonna think oh all games oh, are garbage. games are just garbage i guess i don't like games yeah like i'm 26 years old and i'm starting to have less and less time for games and this isn't fun to me it just feels like nothing uh, I guess I'm just not going to play video games anymore. I guess I've grown out of it. Yeah, and we're not talking about people who, like, most of the, like, you know, people who, like, continue to play games. And, like, like us, we're always looking for games to play because we play games yeah, for the we, channel. Yeah, we're, we like, so, like, oh, here's an indie game. Here's this type of game. Here's so, like, that we're game. in it. But most people, like, the, like the quote-unquote casual consumer, they don't really do that. They play a game. And they're the people who fund our entire industry. Yeah. So it's like you have like your certain segment of like people who are always going to play games and they're always going to be looking for different things to play. But those, you know, that's like a small... AJ, can you stop putting your face on the microphone? Please stop. (laughs) He wants to be a part of the podcast. I know. I think he sees that we're looking at the microphone, so he's like, oh, I'll put... It's kind of like when when animals will put themselves on the laptop keyboard. Yeah, that's what like, AJ is doing right now. They're like, now. oh, this is where the action is. Yeah, so let's just pet AJ while we're doing this. He doesn't okay. feel rejected. So Riverdale is ha- like so Riverdale the TV show is having an offshoot. Um, of I don't understand the appeal of that show. It's like Archie but dark. Yeah, have you watched it? No, but it, like the the premise seems so strange to me. It's act. It's really good. It is. Should yeah. I watch it? Yeah. Okay. I don't, I mean, I don't, I can't say for certainty whether you'll like it, but I really like it. Um, well, I trust your opinion. It's just like when I read the premise where it's like, the cast of Archie comics, but dark, and you're like, oh, what? See, that's the thing is that, like, I feel like if you didn't know that it was the Archie comics, it really has nothing to do with them, aside from it uses the characters, but it places them in a modern setting. So it's like a really crazy fan fiction. Yeah. Okay. And, and it kind of, like, in it. It's, it's, it's One cool. question. Do Betty and Veronica fuck? Not yet. Is it, is it like, you know, are you, is it a possibility? I don't know, but they certainly have a really, uh, like, kick-ass friendship, and they don't tear each other down, which I really oh, appreciate. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Like, there are a couple, like, things that they've said to each other, like, over the two seasons that I've watched, where I'm just like, yes. Like. 
that is how you I love support the, each other. I love the new thing where you know how like it used to be like women just fucking hated each they other. They fucking hate each other and they all compete with each other. Yeah, that that's like how TV was because that's like how I didn't men even get to it. finish with the like the headline. That okay, I was go gonna, ahead. Okay, but I was gonna say Riverdale is having an offshoot. Sabrina, which is moving to Netflix. It's going to be Sabrina the Teenage Witch, basically, but horror and dark. Yeah! And it's going to be, like, witchy, occult, like, horror. Fuck yeah! Yeah. Someone, did someone just, like, go into my brain and go, like, so, this, this? So, the reason... Wait, there has to be lesbians if there's witches. But That's here's, a fact. But here's the reason that they decided to do it. It's really cool. Well, I don't know. It's really cool. But I thought it was kind of cool. So, what happened was, is... Uh, Riverdale is made by the CW, mm-hmm. and then but when it moved to Netflix, the way that it's shot and like the quality of the production, a lot of people that watched it on Netflix thought it was a Netflix show, mm-hmm. just because of the way that it is. Mm-hmm. And so Netflix turned around and they were like, "Huh, so we should make a show like this, but a little bit different." And so that's why they decided to pick up Sabrina. You know, what I'm thinking, I'm thinking that like somebody. Some group of writers had like a fan fiction club, and they're like, you know what we should do? We should like some group of LA writers with like some sort of influence were like, you know what we should do? We should take our fan fiction and just make it a show. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we're just watching fan fiction shows now. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be cool. Um, <sighs> Anything else? Yeah, so there is concern about a new, like, Adpocalypse 2.0 because... Uh, okay, so I don't know if you heard about this, but YouTube is increasing their, um, like, moderation and reporting and, like, They hired 10,000 people on hire, They're planning to. In, no, they're, they're not planning to hire 10,000 people. They're planning to increase their staff to 10,000 which are not just moderators, but people that have to do with, like, reporting and, like, all that stuff. Right. So, um, some people are obviously concerned about this because nobody trusts YouTube to do anything anymore. Um, I don't know how it's going to go because what's interesting is, like, so pretty much every single one of our videos gets flagged right now. gets auto-flagged, like, right out of the gate. I don't know whether it's auto-flagged or whether somebody is doing it. But whenever we have them reviewed, like, I would say 95% of them. We've only had one, two get confirmed out of the last three months. Yeah. So, like, 99% of our videos are confirmed as being suitable for advertisers. However, we still lose the money (laughs) that would have been made during the time when it's being reviewed. So, like... I would love it if their moderation staff could bring, like, a more human touch to this process so that it's like, okay, video gets flagged, someone reviews it within an hour, and it's fine. You know? I, I would love that. I just, I don't want to bring my hopes up. I, my, my hopes are firmly in the trash. Good. Um, As they should be. Yep. Everything should always be in the trash. Yep. Um, in other weird news, were, were there any other topics you wanted to discuss Mm-mm. okay so UFOs are real what yep just wait <laughs> in other weird news there was the um there there have been a couple like government inside officials that have come forward and said that UFOs are actually real okay yeah 
Um, well, UFO in terms of unidentified flying object, not necessarily aliens. They're confirming that a UFO program exists. Can you stop? Yeah, but that doesn't mean aliens. It just means just in case. The government has, no, no, like... No, 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 no. Okay. They said, like, there are actual, like, UFOs, like, secret flying things, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that could be, like, it doesn't necessarily mean... It's alien UFOs. It could mean, like, oh, unidentified flying object from Russia. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or, and also the government has fucking shit for everything. They have a plan for first contact with an alien. They have plans for everything. Doesn't mean it's real. But I would love it if aliens were real, even though I'm actually really scared of aliens. But, you know, if an alien landed and came out of the spaceship being like, yo, what up? I'd be like, dope. Well, please don't abduct me. I really don't want it. If aliens, if you're listening, please, I don't want that. It's really scary, and I don't want it to happen. But see, the reason that that, that this is kind of, like, weird is that, like, they're talking about these, like, secret government programs that have, like, never been talked about before. Mm Mm-hmm. So. No, I believe it. With the MKUltra staring at goat shit. Yeah, they're like, oh, like, we've been operating under the shadows of top secrecy for decades, believing that there is, like... Sufficient credible evidence that provides exotic, pr- proves exotic technologies exist that could revolutionize the human experience. Yeah, but that's kind of like saying, like, <coughs> remember when everyone was seeing that one UFO that ended up being the stealth bomber? Yeah, I... I want to believe, but no, I no, also no, no, don't no. want to be a I'm sucker. I'm not saying that UFOs are real. I'm saying what this is is that there are conspiracy theorists in the government. Oh, you thought I was actually saying UFOs are real? No, 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 no. I thought you were saying... saying There are conspiracy theory government organizations that are real. Oh, so the government basically has an X-Files... So the government basically has for real an X-Files sector. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, that some some guy came out and he was like, there's a government program I was part of for 25 years, and everyone's like, wait, what? He's like, yeah. The X-Files. UFOs are real, we investigate aliens. And everyone's like, hold on, there's an actual government program for this. And he's like, yeah, it's real. Well, I mean, I That's what's weird. I totally believe that that would be real because the government has fucking everything, you know? They were like, do you think psychic shit's real? I don't know, let's have a program and check it out. Like, Mm -hmm. come on, you know? They thought psychic shit was real. Mm -hmm. Could be, though. You don't know? Um... (laughs) There was a man who walked into a Waffle House at 3 a.m. and found the employee who was there asleep, and so he cooked his own meal at Waffle House. He was drunk. Oh, okay. but he like But he, like, walked into a Waffle House at 3 in the morning and started making his own food. Yes, AJ, I see you. You're being loved. Being, I love you. He's being really annoying today. Well, he just, we've been, we've been ignoring him all day. All right, come here. Come on, baby. Come here, baby. Come here, big boy. There you go. All right. Um, and in other news, a delivery driver for Amazon was caught on camera pooping on a man's driveway. What? Yeah. Was we mad at that man? What's the See, context? I'm, I'm left with so many questions. But why? Because we don't know why. The article doesn't go into it. But what happened was is this guy basically came home and there's like a pile of turds on his driveway. And he was like, what the fuck? Human poop. Like clearly looks like human poop. And uh, so then he went and checked his security camera and 
saw Maybe this. he just really had to go, you know? Saw this. Yeah, but maybe he just really had to go, and he had no other choice. I don't know. I mean, you're doing it on a cul-de-sac in front of a ton of houses. I would think that you could at least, like, find, like, a forest somewhere. Like, walk in, like, park on the side of the road and walk into the woods. This is literally in front of, like, a ton of houses. There's no explaining it. That and Flat Earthers. And there's just no explain. Oh, oh, wait! I listened to the Ono, Ross, and Carrie episode where the, they were, like, in talking to an actual guy who believed. He was like, oh, we don't know why. <coughs> no, there was a person who answered on one of our videos that talked about the reason. What is it? What is the reason? Because they basically believe that the government wants to keep people out of the loop, that people can't know too much. Know too that, much about what, though? Well, that they can't know the truth of the earth being flat. But why? Because the government doesn't want us to know the truth. It's kind of like the people that believe there are aliens, and they believe that the government hides the truth about aliens. You would think that the aliens would be like, you can't fucking tell me what to do. But, <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of like the same thing with like any other government conspiracy, even one that's not sexy, like aliens or flat Earth. Okay, sexy, all right. Well, there's like whatever, but there's what, like plenty. I don't know of, like, what you're into. There's plenty of like international diplomacy or like economic conspira- quote unquote conspiracy theories where people are like, we can't know everything that's happening in terms of diplomacy. So the Ono Ross and Carey episode that I listened to. They do all the flat out shit. They had a guy come and he was like, oh, like, we don't know, like, maybe it was set up by an ancient civilization and, like, they don't, you know, it's a test to see, like, and, or, like, you know, maybe we're not ready to know about it or, like, some other shit or, like, maybe, like, it's, like, from something ancient and we're all in, like, a thing and, and the more you listen to them, you're like, oh, okay, you're just really weird. Mm-hmm. But, well, was that, is that his thinking or is that, like, the doctrine of the group? Um, he was like a spokesperson, mm. but you know, I don't think there really can be in terms of things like flat earthing and stuff <laughs> really can be a singular voice. in Dude, that. you know, what was so funny is that like a couple, a couple days after we recorded that podcast, I saw the flat earth Twitter participating in a trending hashtag. I was like looking through like things that people had written and it was like, uh, like three words flirting or something like oh wait flirting, i think i saw that three words and it was like earth is flat i think i saw that too <laughs> um, i just i i just but why <laughs> but why but why why is the earth flat because the government doesn't want you to know but why doesn't the government want us to know just because they want to keep you out of the loop but why like what does that do and like, and then they're like, "Oh, only people at the top know." I'm like, "Well, wouldn't air, like, wouldn't pilots know?" No, okay, but wouldn't like people at the planetarium know? No, okay. But how could they not? No. Like, how could a pilot not know that? <laughs> and then like, or like people who are like astronomers. So you think every single astronomer, every single every single astrophysicist, every single physicist, every single how do they hide it from? Every single person. Every single geologist. Every single architect. Every single engineer. Every single, like, all those people are in on it, or are they being duped? Like, what's happening? Yeah. So that would mean that our math is not real. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, this math, the thing that people use to understand the earth and the oceans and all this shit, is not a lie. Is a lie. Math is a lie. Well, that's true. (laughs) But math, like, math is a lie. Like, 
In order for that to happen, they would have to come up with a new altered math. The next <laughs> time your parents try to get you to do your math homework, just tell them that math is a fallacy. Created by people trying to hide the flat earth from I mean, us. you know that that's what I told my parents when they tried to teach me about negative numbers, right? You got pissed. I got really pissed. So this was when I was in, like, first grade, and they tried to teach you, like, what a negative number is, and I basically refused to learn it because I was like, that's stupid and it's not real. And just imagine if that, that me grew up never actually learning about negative numbers and then founded the Flat Earth Society. That's basically how it goes. <laughs> That's stupid. The Earth is flat. But why? Like, <laughs> I still, like, I can't wrap my head around. Like, there's tons of conspiracies I can get. Lizard people, you know, hating a certain fucking religion because they control the world. At least it makes, I don't agree with it. I think it's racist. But I understand where it comes from. Mm -hmm. I get it. The, there's aliens, and they're working with the government, or whatever. Like, it makes sense to me. Like, yeah. I can understand why you would think that. But why would anybody hide that the Earth is flat? I don't well, understand. Because here's the thing, is that at some point, somebody would have had to discover that the Earth is flat. <laughs> and it would have had to be covered up from the very beginning. Like, back in, like, 500 years ago. Yeah. Or, but... Well, because think about, like, when when did people, like, discover that the Earth is round, you know? It's a long-ass time ago. A long time ago. Long before Christopher Columbus and shit. So, um, do you have anything else on, on that? I just feel so frustrated because I don't get it. Because <laughs> I love watching conspiracy theory videos just to be like... Yeah, Beyonce, lizard person, sure. Like, I just love it because, like, you know it's stupid. But then you're like, for a split second, you're like, she could be. No. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. But with Flat Earth, I'm like, but why? I, actually, I, I really liked that one video that we watched that was talking about, like, satanic lyrics in Beyonce songs. And as you're listening, you're like... It was talking about how Sasha Fierce is, like, actually oh, her there, summoning the devil or something. No, it was, like, it was a demon that possesses her yes! when she goes on stage. <laughs> Not her alter ego. That, that so good. <laughs> yeah, because then I was watching it, and then they were, like, <coughs> cutting to different people being, like, there's people in this industry who've sold their soul. And I'm, like, <gasps> and then they're, like, and then Jay-Z, he does the sign of the Illuminati. I was, like, <gasps> and then I was, like, maybe, maybe they are. Like, <laughs> But then if you think about it, if J if Beyonce is in the Illuminati, like, that is, can't, can't be that can't bad. Can't be that bad. If they're letting women of color into the Illuminati, like, what's, what? Why, why mean, is that? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of cool. I mean, if, if they're it's like. It's at least more inclusive than the presidency. Yeah, exactly. Like, if the Illuminati was like all white men, all white, straight white men, I'd be like, oh, God, the Illuminati. Like, that's something to watch out for. But, like, man, like, they got Beyonce in there? Like, mm -hmm. she's probably, you know, and Blue Ivy apparently is is in there for some reason. Who? Blue Ivy is Beyonce's daughter. Oh, oh. Or I think. Or no, that's Kanye West's daughter. I can't keep up. No, because <laughs> Kanye West's kids are, like, Northwest and, like, South by Southwest or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Beyonce's is they, Blue Ivy. They're, like, no, they have the name, it's, they have the name West... In their name. Blue I'm just Ivy's. saying, I'm just saying, it doesn't seem like the worst it could be. 
You know, if Beyonce's in the Illuminati, is it that bad? I don't know. Unless the Illuminati's using satanic powers to make us all think Beyonce's great when she's not. That's also possible, you know. That good, That explains why everyone loves Beyonce. Nobody can explain why. <laughs> you can't, qu- it's like, you look at her and she's so perfect, it's like, that has to be the devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, do you have any books to recommend this week? Um, if not, that's okay. I have a book. I failed you. I'm sorry. No, I didn't ask you to like. Uh, okay, so this week I'm going to recommend Artemis by Andy Weir. Andy Weir is the guy who wrote The Martian. Artemis is set in the first human civilization on the moon. Um, much like The Martian, it has a lot of the cool like sciency details that like of like. How, like he used a lot of I listened to a podcast with him talking about his pro- writing process for this where he talked to Neil deGrasse Tyson mm-hmm. a physicist astrophysicist and he talked about like how he actually had to come up with like an economic and like scientific system for like a moon colony how they could actually support themselves like and everything but anyways it's like it's a kind of like a heist story which um follows a character named Jazz as she basically does some nefarious dealings on board uh, Artemis, which is the moon's... All right, I thought of one. Hold on, I'm not done. Sorry. Um, And it's narrated by Rosario Dawson, and she does a really good job. Ooh. Yeah. Um, uh, Them by John Ronson, or Ron Johnson? John Ronson. Um, It's... It's basically him going around talking to people who are conspiracy theorists and like on the edge and adventures with extremists. Yeah, and he he follows around like KKK leaders and stuff and other like really weird people. I think this is this one is the one where um, he follows around. What's that guy who does has the crazy YouTube channel that says the frogs are gay? Alex Jones. Oh, this was written in two thousand one. Yeah, this is before Alex Jones blew up, and he. Um, you know, he's hanging out with Alex Jones in this book and they're finding like uh, a bunch of conspiracy shit. And so when Alex Jones like brings up some shit and John Ronson's like, uh, I was there with you. That didn't happen. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. He talked to him and I guess like 1999. Yeah. They hung out and did like some sort of thing together and you can see like just how weird he was even back then. Yeah. So it's a really cool audio book. Uh, John Ronson uh, narrates it himself. He has a pretty good narrative voice. You can, he's kind of like a nerdy like guy, like just like. It's always nerdy. cool when the when the if I mean as long as the author is like a good narrator when they narrate their own work because they kind of like they know the accent the 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 intonation that they want. Yes. So he's kind of like a long form journalist. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because he'll just go around following weirdos. That's really cool. That's, like, his thing. He follows around weirdos. (laughs) So if you want a free 30-day trial for Audible to listen to either of those for free, you can go to audibletrial.com slash geekremix. Um, Today's podcast is sponsored by Loot Crate. Um, You can save 10% on any new subscription at www.trylootcrate.com slash geekremix, and then you enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. The reason why we're pushing these sponsorships is because all everything's fucked. Feel sorry for me. 
I mean, I, I I would hope that people know that like podcasts don't make money in and of themselves. So yeah, like, but including YouTube, YouTube, nothing, nothing, everything swept. And um, obviously, like we are supported by Patreon, but we like to include sponsorships anyway. I mean, it's just you know, it's good to have your bases covered. But if you're not familiar with Loot Crate, it's basically a subscription box where you get. Um, cool like nerdy items like figurines and a t-shirt and other types of collectibles uh, every month from brands like Marvel, Stranger Things, Fallout, Firefly, Star Trek, etc. Um, it's about $45 plus value in every crate. You can make different selections for like um, how many months you want to get it and like what you want the type of crate to be. Mm -hmm. um, so if you want to check that out, you can go to trylootcrate.com slash geekremix and enter bridge10 for 10% savings. So questions and topics this week. Um, Fan questions or what? Yeah. Okay. Question. Well, so some people ask like direct questions. Other people just ask us to talk about certain topics. They're like, you know, like, what are your thoughts on blah? Okay. Do so it. like hit me. Net neutrality. Keep it. So that's it for people who don't know what net neutrality is. Net neutrality is basically the way the internet is set up right now is that you pay a single price to. Don't you do it, AJ? AJ, don't you do it? Is that you pay like in the U.S. you pay a price like you know, AJ. Just hold him. Is that you pay like, you know. Just you pay a flat Say, price to go to any website. To go to any website to do any of the things. You basically you can pay for like higher down like speeds, but like you're not going to be charged a different amount if you go to Netflix versus if you go to Facebook or if you go to whatever. If what, without net neutrality, they're planning on doing like packages. Like you can go to Twitter, Tumblr, and Reddit for five dollars a month and then you can add on netflix hulu and youtube for another ten dollars and so you just have to keep paying for each website you want to fucking go to yeah and so there are actually countries that already have systems like this in place and you can see that like the payment packages can get really fucked because you'll have you'll basically have to evaluate different packages from every company and pay a different price for like any website that you want to go to. So like a company could force and they can charge the companies can charge you whatever whatever they want. So like they could charge you like $15 a month just to visit Netflix. That's not, not the price of your Netflix subscription. That's your Netflix your you'd pay for Netflix to Netflix and then you'd pay to your internet provider also. And it does it doesn't even fucking make sense because it's not like they're giving you Netflix. Yeah, they're not giving you Netflix. They're literally just... Just letting you have Netflix. <laughs> yeah, they're just letting you, like, connect to Netflix. And so people are really upset about this because it could end up... It could end up being a complete nightmare in terms of how much it costs people. Because if they take certain websites, like, you know, do you play games on the internet? Do you stream music on the internet? Do you visit social media? Like, they could take things that are, like, quote-unquote essential. Like, a social media package, which... A lot of people use social media. Like, I know, that, you know, it's like people are like, oh, like, social media is not essential. It's like, yeah, but, like, what if you had to pay, like, what if they said you have to pay $30 a month to use social media, which they totally could do. 
Yeah, it's disgusting. It could you could totally price people out of the market. It'll turn into the cable companies all over again, and that's what they want. They want they want to rub their nipples and say, Ooh, you can't you can't do it." Pop yeah. Off. So net neutrality is a pretty big discussion in the U.S. right now because the FCC is trying to dismantle it because I don't know why because they hate us. No, because of lobbyists, and they get money. The end, like money. There's, like, a lot of crappy things. Ha- I don't want to, like, get into it and complain about everything, but, like, there's a lot of crappy things happening in the U.S. right now that's basically, like, you know, different companies and, like, government organizations are basically trying to screw over consumers in the interests of, like, lobbyists and the companies. So, like, they're not looking out for the people that this actually affects. They're looking out for the companies that make money off of us, and it really sucks. So let's talk about not this. Let's yeah, talk about no, no, something no. that doesn't make me want to die. We're moving on right now. Okay. Um, okay. So, they were wondering if we could talk about the the difficulty of games debate. The topic was somewhat reunited by... I have to turn the oven off. Okay. No, I'll just wait for you to come back. I was making dinner for our domestic lesbian lifestyle that everyone assumes we have. The difficulty of games debate. The topic was somewhat reignited by recent games such as Cuphead. So what is your opinion on whether difficulty is exclusionary to certain gamers and whether difficulty should impact game reviews, etc.? Uh, that's kind of a tough question. I think, you know, I think difficulty is part, I like it when they give easy mode, but also difficulty, I think, is an expression of of the developer's artistic vision sometimes, and that should be respected as well, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, Bloodborne, Demon Souls, Cuphead, like, yeah, it is exclusionary, but also, you, at the same time, you have to respect the person's artistic vision and sometimes that includes really hard difficulty and that sucks you know some people are physically disabled and can't do certain things and i'm not saying like they shouldn't be able to do that and stuff just they shouldn't be able to do what they shouldn't be able to play cuphead or something i'm just it's tough you know it's really at the end of the day the developer's choice because they had a vision of what they wanted to deliver. Yeah. And that's their right. But also, if the developer wants to put in an easy mode, that's also their right. So... I'm trying to respect their art, is what I'm saying. And I'm... But also, like, it sucks. I definitely understand that argument. Um, I do think that it is great when developers can be inclusive in difficulty modes, because... You know, some people look at difficulty in games as if it's just about, like, oh, like, are you a casual gamer that needs an easy mode? It's like, well, no, like, some people, like, physically cannot do certain things in the manner that this game requires them to do. Mm -hmm. And, like, and if sometimes it's just a matter of, like, scaling back the difficulty as opposed to, like, 
changing the entire nature of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand if developers don't want to, like, change the entire, like, nature of their game experience to accommodate everybody, but they also have to understand that when they don't make games accessible, they are excluding some people. And if they choose to stand by that and say, like, fine, we're excluding people, okay. Like, that's, I, you know, that's your prerogative. But at the same time, like, it's not just about, like... I don't think that when people are like, I'm going to make this game super hard, I don't think their intention is we're excluding people. I think their intention is to aim at a certain type of person, and that just happens to exclude others. Does that make sense? That's literally the definition of excluding people, though. Yeah, that's true. I'm just trying to say, like... I mean, that's... I'm not saying that that, like, makes them bad people. That, you know, there are certain games that are, like, specifically designed for children... And that doesn't mean that they exclude adults. That just means that they're aimed at children. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, so, I, I, I feel like it's a good thing when games can have things like easier difficulty modes, um, colorblind modes, um, you know, that that's, the, that's why games have, like, you know, you can press a button and the text will show up in, like, plain text instead of handwriting mm-hmm. so that people can actually read it. Um you know, different games or, like, systems will have things written differently, like, for people with dyslexia. Like, when you can include stuff like that, that's really, that's, you know, it's only good. It doesn't take away from the enjoyment of anybody else Yeah. to do that. Um, and, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that every game has to do that. I mean, I'm sure that there are some games where it doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. I just, you know, I... I, I think it's a bonus that, like, inclusion, you know, it's important, but sometimes when somebody has a particular vision, let's let's take, for example, that stupid, dumb game, Hatred. Their artistic vision, which they had the right to do, was just to be an edgelord piece of shit. And they did that. Mm-hmm. And they had every right to do that. And it excluded a lot of people. But... Yeah, but Were that's, they allowed that's, to? that's different from, like, what the game is versus, like, accessibility. True. That's, that's like, true. You know, that's like saying, like, does a public building have to have a handicap ramp? I just think that, like, when it comes to games, the gameplay is part of the art. And so sometimes people feel that if they're going to take the gameplay and make a different version of it that's not what they wanted that's that's hurting their art and i'm not saying it's right or wrong i'm just saying to some people when they make a level design to be a certain way they feel like that's their art yeah it's just really too bad that it's like it's exclusionary yeah it is well and it's not like and the thing is is that it only the exclusionary only goes one way you know what i mean yep like it, it only ever hurts a certain group of people. It doesn't ever hurt the other group. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. That's why I feel like it's so, it's so tough to be, like... I mean, I understand that, like, some games, like, if it's built around a difficulty level or they have a certain vision, like, you want to respect that. And I would never... It's like, you don't want to say, like, oh, every game should have to be completely accessible. I don't know. I just I have really mixed feelings about like giving people a pass for things that could be easily implemented to include other people. But like that, you know? that that's the same time like the person who made those levels, they probably feel like they made their own version of their self-expression, you know? 
and they don't want to compromise that. And I'm not saying that they're right or wrong. I'm just saying, like, that's how probably how some people feel. Like, um, I talked to somebody, you know how we're both terrified to play Hellblade? Yeah. Because, like, whatever. Because of the mental health yeah. stuff. So I was talking to somebody who played it who has, like, no concept of mental health. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, like, the whispers, they just kept telling me to go over there and telling me I was stupid. It felt terrible. I was like... Yeah, that's what it feels like to have auditory hallucinations. Like, yeah, that's the point of the game. And he was like, "I was just so, I was so frustrated." I was like, "Yes, yeah, because they're misleading you and telling you're a stupid piece of shit." That's what happens when you have auditory hallucinations. You fucking moron. Yeah, that's <laughs> yep. You know. Whatever. Yeah. That's, like, one of the specific... That's, like, actually, like, the specific reason I didn't want to play that game. Because it's it was reminiscent of bad things, and it reminds you of terrible times. But, yeah, anyway. Yep. So, um, and in terms of, like, whether difficulty should impact game reviews, the, okay, so a lot of people talk about, like, should this impact game reviews? Should that impact game reviews? Game reviews are, are subjective. Mm -hmm. Reviews are subjective by their very nature, like no two reviewers are going to have the same scale mm -hmm. for, like, evaluating a game. Like, even if you look at, like, graphics, you're going to have reviewers who, like, oh, I think that's a 6 out of 10. Oh, I think that's an 8 out of 10. Like, Yeah, I, I just, I don't agree, personally, this is my personal opinion, I don't agree that a Cuphead should be graded as less so for being hard because... That's not, like, an no, error. No, I think that, if anything, some people grade more difficult games as better. I Depending from, on the person. From, my, from what I saw, people were upset that people were giving Cuphead worse scores for being too hard. That's what I, my experience, and I felt like... But that was... That's well, not... That's... Wait, let me... That's not something wrong with the game. It's just that... It was hard. The, the argument that I saw was that if you're talking about Laura, people. I wasn't. I wasn't talking about Laura. Oh, okay. Because people, I know people got upset because she said, the the way that this difficulty is created doesn't make it fun, mm -hmm. and people got really upset because they thought that she meant it's hard, therefore I don't like it. No, it's just her personal opinion. There, and obviously a review is an opinion. Well, it's like. And you know what? It goes back to, like, remember when you're, like, well, even now, when you're playing a game and there's, like, sections that you're, like, wow, this is really hard, but I feel like it's fair. Mm -hmm. And then there's sections where you're, like, that's fucking cheap. Like, stupid cheap game. Like, mm -hmm. I pressed the button at the right time and it, like, failed me anyway. Whatever. I feel like there's, there's a difference between it being hard because I'm not saying Cuphead is either one of these things, but, like, Games can be hard because they are designed to be hard, and games can also be hard because they're not designed optimally. I played Ori and the Blind Forest, and I died, I think, uh, 1,600 times, literally. <laughs> not a joke. Like, I fucking died a lot. Yeah. And then I talked to Todd Schnickelberg, uh, editor of PBG. Schnickelberg? That's his last name. <laughs> I think it's Schlickerburn. Sh Schlickerburn. Whatever. Toddly enough. Yeah, he edits. He edits. Uh, we could just call him by first name. He can be like Madonna. Yeah, Todd. The Todd. 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 The he's, only Todd. He's gonna be in the Geek Remix dating sim. Blah blah blah. The one and only Todd. Yeah, the one and only Todd. He uh, edits uh, hardcore gaming or whatever for, for Peanut Butter Gaming. He was like, "Oh, I died nine times," but the thing is, we both enjoyed the game. 
you know? Yeah. I'm bad at games, but I still love them, you know? And I yeah. felt really accomplished when I finally beat that game because it was so hard to me. And mm-hmm. I'm not really usually like a hard, like, I'm going to play this really hard game. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was fun, even though I died 1,600 times. Mm-hmm. It was great. And, just, you know, different people play it differently. I couldn't conceive how he possibly could have only died nine times before he beat that game. And he couldn't conceive how he died 1,600 times. Yeah. You know, so when it, I've heard people, I've heard this explained before that like when it comes to reviews, your best bet is probably to find somebody whose tastes sort of align with yours Mm -hmm. and look at their reviews and what they think of games. Because if you're looking like, for instance, if I like something and you kind of have similar tastes to me, you're going to like my you might like my recommendation and mm-hmm. you might value it more. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if I read reviews from somebody who, I don't know, like, really likes horror games and, like, really likes hard FPSs or something, yeah. like, we're going to have totally different things that we look at in a game and, like, what we think is important. There are some reviewers that I respect and I love hearing from them, but then I realize that our opinions are completely different. Yeah, like, and for that's example, okay. your movie, Adam from Your Movie Sex, he... And I have completely different ways of looking at, at movies. But if he recommends a movie, I'll be like, I'll go see it. Sometimes, though, like when he watched The Babadook, he seemed to miss some really critical things that were, like, important to me. But that was because he just has a different experience on life. Yeah, yeah. And he is a different type of person than me. Mm-hmm. So his review of the Babadook was completely different from my interpretation because I was like, you're missing the whole thing about how the Babadook is actually, like, you know, about depression and grief and all this, like, shit. And, and he was, like, looking at it more literally as a horror film. Yeah. And so, it, you know, he, he and I see things completely different ways, but I still enjoy his opinions and his content. Yeah. And that's going to be the same thing with, like, you know... Another, so this like kind of like segues into another topic that person. Oh, can I make one point? Yeah. Um, so I know some people are gonna be like, uh, Adam's like not gay in the right way. Adam's gay. He's very gay. He's a very gay furry, and sometimes like whenever I say like, oh, I think his content's cool, they'll be like, um, did you know he he's like gay in the way straight people want him to be? Gay? It's like, all right, fuck off. There's literally no wrong to, way to be gay. If he is gay and, like, likes to say the F-A-G-G-O-T, he can do that because he's gay. Like, no matter what he does, he's still fucking dudes, okay? Like, there's no incorrect way to be gay. Like, I don't care if you disagree with his points or the way he sees things. He's still fucking gay. Like, the end. Like, what the fuck? Wouldn't be a podcast. <laughs> wouldn't be a Geek Remix podcast without Marty yelling about gays. At some point. <laughs> I know it just pisses me off. Like okay, like he says shitty, dumb things, but it's like that doesn't make him not gay. <laughs> like, well, it's also <laughs> like your identity as a jerk doesn't have to be tied to your identity, your sexual identity. Yeah, you can just you can just say kind of douchey things that doesn't necessarily mean you're gay in the wrong way exactly like he his experience as a gay person and his relationship with his gayness is just different than other people's like fuck off sorry (laughs) yeah um so 
another person had was kind of talking about like uh, based on like the Cleopatra article that we talked about. Mm-hmm. They were talking about like conversations about like female character design and how that impacts people's reviews, and and like should like outfits and like sexuality impact like information that reviewers give to consumers and stuff. I mean that matters to me, so yeah. Um. So I have like. I mean, like, my basic feeling on this is, like, the when you read a review, like, I never understand how people read reviews and get, like, really pissed off about it, because even when people... I've read reviews about games that I absolutely love that, like, trashed the game, mm-hmm. and even then I'm kind of like, yeah, like, they bring up some valid points, and I really don't do... I really don't agree with most of them. And that's, like, it. And then you move on. And then I move on. Because it's their subjective opinion. Like, they probably really love some games that I think are just absolute wastes of my time. So, like, if somebody wants to, you know, if somebody wants to complain or, like, be angry about a female character design or, like, her sexy design or whatever, like, some designs are sexy and I think they're really great. Some designs are sexy and I think they are, they really suck. And, like, if a reviewer wants to take that into account, that's kind of their own business. Yeah, I mean, there was a time when review scores actually made an impact on the people who made the game. Back, like, let's, for example, Fallout New Vegas, the studio went under because they didn't get their bonus because they didn't make the Metacritic minimum score to get their bonus. (laughs) Which is so dumb. Which is so dumb because it was putting all this weird pressure on reviewers to give higher scores from the studios. It was making this really toxic... Also, because, like, all of that stuff is so subjective. And, like, especially with the way, like, consumer reviews are gathered now, it can just be, like... I don't know if you guys remember this, but years and years ago, like, you know, back when Jeff Gersman got fired for GameStop and stuff, when Metacritic was, like, so important that, like, that... That made her, that decided wh- whether that studio got their bonus for making a good game. And that was, like, people's lives on the line. That's really fucked up. And it was really fucked up. So it was putting, like, this really weird pressure between... You meant livelihoods, st- I assume, not lives. No, lives! <laughs> um, but um, it was putting this really weird dynamic between publishers and reviewers. And it really was a problem where reviewers... And we're, like, feeling this really strange pressure to, like, give better review scores for things because you're, like, oh, my God, like, that's a lot. Well, because also it's, like, you know, this is, like, people's money that's dependent on the things that you say about their creative work. Yeah, so... A lot. There was a lot of corruption going on, and there's probably still corruption going on now. So I think, you know, you gotta... I'm glad that system is over, but... Are you saying that it's about ethics and games journalism? What really pisses me off about Game Gamergate is that I was like, there really are problems, and all you guys can talk about is Zoe Quinn's vagina. <laughs> like, I was like, there's actual real problems, and you guys are mad that Zoe Quinn fucked some dudes. Like, what do you think? What do you what? You know what really makes a review score go up? Money, not pussy. Okay. Yeah. Like, what if I? Nobody's pussy is good enough. And, like, it got proven that none of the guys she fucked actually, like, did anything for her anyway. Yeah. She just wanted to fuck. So, other questions this week. Uh, was it was it weird making the transition to being in front of the camera? Also, keep up the awesome work. Yeah, it was. 
Yeah. We so we <laughs> we didn't put out any like face videos up until like after five after we hit a hundred thousand subs. Yeah, but I think what was that? That was like March of this year, right? That was when the apocalypse started. Was it? I don't know. I don't want to think about it. I don't really like thinking about the videos we put on with my face in it. I just don't want. I don't. I. My tactic is don't think about it. Disassociate till it's over, and then you, don't think about it. You guys wonder why we like never put too much work into editing those or don't edit them ourselves, and it's because neither of us want to do it. It's that I can't handle editing it because I don't want to look at the footage. It's too much. It's too much. Do you want to? talk about why or like are you just gonna leave people with that I in my head I'm like it's totally normal to hate your face (laughs) I think I think okay so but I just want to be like I mean I have that I I even have that issue like there's been a couple times where I'll like go on the channel and I'll like I'll put on a video to like try and like find like a screenshot from the video I'll put it on accidentally with sound and I'll be like ah trying to like Mute it as quickly as possible because it's like I cannot stand listening to myself talk. Um, I just hate my stupid dumb face. Um, <laughs> and then oh, Geek Remix life tips. Do you have any life tips for everybody this week? Mm. Um, my life tips would be that let's see, one, um, I don't know. We haven't had to do this segment before. Try to eat at least two vegetables a day. Like a bell pepper. That or sounds some like salad. a real life tip. Oh, you want a fake life tip. Yeah. We had these do you know how like sometimes in videos we'll like go on a rant about a bunch of random shit and then we'll be like, Life tips, blah 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 and it's something always absolutely awful. Oh yeah. Alright, let me think of something. Alright, oh, we gotta fill the space. How do we pick up people? Oh, oh, I have a good one. An okay keep it. If you're trying to find a date and you want to pick up chicks, this is what you do. You put quotes from the little prince in your in your fucking <laughs> The bio. French version or the English version? Whatever, doesn't matter. English so they know they know what you're fucking uh, talking Fucking it's real. It is real. Always. Lesbians fucking love it. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to pick up chicks, I don't know if it's if it works if you're a dude trying to pick up straight chicks, but Every message I get from a woman, I love your quote from The Little Prince. I love it. And I'm like, it works. Have you read The Little Prince, or did you just put the quote there? No, I watched the movie. Uh, that's not the same. So what? <laughs> it's a quote from the movie. Oh, my God. I watched the movie, and I liked it. Um, and uh, I so I put the quote in there because I put the quote of... Um, it's the time you, you wasted on your rose that made your rose so special. And the other one was... Uh, to tame a fox is to make it, you know, unique in all the world and blah, blah, blah. I love it. Love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it works. Interesting. Yes. Put that in your bio. You're going to get it. Um, <laughs> my advice would be if you are going to work for the government, make sure you are working for the UFOs Are Real X-Files division. Yeah. Because that sounds really fun. Yeah, that sounds actually like a really cool... Why would you actually? Even... If you're gonna work for the government, you should work for the section that like, like hides all the conspiracies because then you get to know all the things. Yeah, but then you can't tell anyone. Well, no, but then no, but because you. Oh my God! Because you know what you get to do. 
since you know all the information, you can disseminate the information, but no one's going to believe anybody. Yeah. You can put it out onto the, all the chat boards and be like, you know what I heard? I heard there's lizard people and that Beyonce's in the Illuminati. And you know it's true. And all these conspiracy theorists are going absolutely nuts over it. And nobody believes them. And then you just sit there watching all the YouTube videos come out from all these, like, quote, unquote, crackpots that nobody believes. And you're just sitting there being like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I think. Yeah, you but what do. if you find conspiracies that really are scary? <laughs> I have no doubt that there are actual. I don't scary... want to think about it. <laughs> um, as always, this podcast is. Did you have anything else? No. Nope. Okay. As always, this podcast is supported thanks to our supporters on Patreon. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com/geekremix. Um, Despite the recent negative publicity, it is still a way that we support ourselves. We are always looking for additional ways to support ourselves. So, you know, we'll let you know. But that's why we do sponsorships and other stuff like that. Because YouTube makes it very difficult to make money off of videos. Um, next goal is for Game Roast videos. We're over 60% of the way there. Um, in the meantime, if you want to keep in touch with Mari and I... You can follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. I am Geek Remix a lot. And I'm Geek Remix. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.